Hi, you're listening to What's the Schemata, a schema therapy podcast for therapists. With ISST accredited schema therapy supervisors and trainers, Chris Hayes and Rob Brockman. For more information on schema therapy, visit our website, schematherapytraining.com. I'm here. You're here. You've had your hair done differently. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. Um, So every three years I do it once. It's been a little while uh, since we last met. We had like a pandemic and a lot of things happening in the world. But what what are you doing these days? I thought it'd be good to start just by catching up a little bit and um, hearing about what you're doing these days and, you you know, in your work life, um, where are you situated? What are you up to? Yeah. Well, I live in uh, Nijmegen uh, in the Netherlands, which is hard to pronounce in English. And um, I have been for for quite a few years um, in Nijmegen. I work and, um, well, I have been working in forensic uh, setting for, well, I think about 25, maybe 30 years. But three years ago, that's behind bars. We call that TBS. It's treatment on behalf of the state. So it's prisoners with a psychiatric disorder that have to be treated after they've been in jail. I've been working there mainly in uh, the last years, but three years ago I made a change. I uh, went to an outpatient center, a forensic outpatient center. So it's uh, people who are on parole or people who their doctor sends them to us because they want to prevent that more aggression happens. There's a lot of domestic violence people, so it's, it's the same people, but not behind bars. They're just yeah. at home. And they're trying not to get behind bars. And, um, <laughs> that's, that's the change. And I'm still a drama therapist there. And um, apart from that, that's the half of the week. And the other half, I'm teaching at the Han University of Applied Sciences. And I teach at the drama therapy uh, uh, education. Yeah, at the master and the bachelor. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice, um, and I've nice been mix. Combining the two uh, over the years and done some re- research as well since I did a master's degree, and um, I found out that re- research wasn't boring, and I thought it would be really good if there would be any drama therapy research because there's hardly any, and yeah. uh, that's I got into the drama schema research and I publicated some uh, stuff about that. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So we've noticed, as of course. Um, some obvious overlaps between uh, drama therapy and um, and and some of the more creative elements in schema therapy and role playing. So yeah. um, we always had the idea that it'd be good to catch up with you and hear, you know, what you've what you've been doing. And uh, we were, of course, going to catch up in Bali. Uh, yeah, that would have been during the pandemic. Actually, we would have been there in like Ground Zero, uh, in Ubud, <laughs> uh, had we made it there. That yeah. was like twenty twenty. Never survived it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, yeah. that was a shame, of course. I'm trying not to think about that. Uh, all the things that haven't happened since COVID. So yeah, let's not go into that. But it <laughs> maybe we can make that happen again one day. Yeah, it would be lovely. I I would love to, and I'd yeah. love to come to Australia too because I'm of course a Dutchie and I have a lot of family uh, in Australia, but yeah. I have never been there. So yeah. well, that sounds be- like something that has to change. Yeah. so so what what i mean so what can drama therapy and the um that that particular angle offer the average uh schema therapist have you got i guess today me and rob were thinking it'd be good to get some 
you know, um, obviously your uh, angle on on things and how you work, and also maybe even you know try things out. Like if we've got time to yeah. sort of show yeah. us what what are you know your type of session, which has a, such a focus on using dramatic elements. Let's not talk also. about drama. Let's cause drama. Let's, let's do, do, it. do drama. Yeah. yeah, let's cause some drama. That would be good. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think the the the, the di- there's a lot of uh, differences, of course, between psychotherapy and drama therapy. But there's a lot of uh, things they have in common, and especially if you work schema therapeutic, like modes, they are roles in drama therapy. We work with roles with different perspectives. We we teach um, our clients to look from different angles into a, a subject. And we switch all the time. And also there's the, the the angle or the playful thing because every problem is uh, easier to solve if you are playful, spontaneous, flexible, if you can improvise. And we try to um, uh, improve the improvising skills of a patient, patient or client, what do you want me to say? We, we say both, but it's the improvising that makes things more fluid, makes makes things easier. If you don't look at it from one mode or from one, if you're not, we we call it stuck in a role, a role block, but you can have a mode stuck as well. So it, it's quite similar. And I think the playful part of drama therapy is the is the extra on the schema therapy. And apart from that, we are not too very we're not too cognitive people, which can help sometimes. We're mm-hmm. doers, not thinkers. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's a very action-based approach. So it's uh, all the things that you can talk about if you have a problem. Well, that's, it's of course nice, but yeah, I have patients telling me they know how to solve their problems very easily and they shouldn't hit the wife again and they shouldn't do this. And I say, okay, well, you know everything. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's. Uh, role play this conflict you often have with your with your wife and let's just see how this goes and let's switch roles you are the wife and I will be you and I will exaggerate the aggression that somebody shows and this is uh, the element that does the magic I think it's like a lab a theater lab in which anything can happen Mm. and uh, that's there is boundaries of course but it's not it doesn't have to be perfect. It's actually more fun if it's not perfect. Yeah. So I, I like that. It's good. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes I think even as a schema therapist, we, we get this kind of protocol, yeah. right, and the steps and the step-by-step, which is cool as well. But I like what you said, which is that uh, actually once you get into uh, what you said, like a theatre, when you, when you get in that frame, then actually anything can happen. Yeah, and, and that's like, like theatre. Life is theatre and theatre is life. So... <laughs> Anything can happen in real life. You you don't um, uh, get to influence the the factors, the outside factors. So shit happens. It just happens, and then you have to deal with it. Yeah. It's in, it's interesting you're saying this because I think Rob and myself have had um, discussions around this around people that we are supervising or working with in training and and the those sorts of therapists that are willing to you know sort of go inside the theater lab of practicing skills. And those that aren't, and it sounds like yeah. it could also be something inside of that as well. Like if you're willing to do role plays and practicing, yeah. if it you know that kind of um, you, you often see you know better you know better skill development and more willingness to try new things. And it's really- I mean that that's been my observation, Elsa. I don't, I don't know if it's like along the lines of extroversion, in, you know, uh, introversion, 
but there's basically people who are who are good to role play. They're they're happy with it, and there's those that basically aren't. And then you're yeah. always coaxing them to to try it out. So you know, you say yeah. to a group of therapists, "Hey, you want to do a role play?" Half of them go, like you know, yeah. basically yes, and then half of them are sort of like sitting back, fading um, away in the background. Mm. Yeah. Do you and find I that too? Wonder why this? Yeah, I and. Even uh, in a group, I have drama therapy students. Even in a group drama therapy students, you find this. And wow. I think it's on this, what you say, the extroversion, introversion. If you're comfortable with showing yourself, hearing your voice, showing your face, showing your body, then it's easy and it's fun. And they, they have to get you off the stage because you will be sticky on stage. But if you're not, it has um, it takes some... Drempels, um, you have to get over um, when you walk in the door, it's a dr- like a bump, yeah. Like you have to get over the hump, you have to get uh-huh. over the yeah, the, the difficulty, and, yeah. And and oftentimes it is that they're overthinking, so they're thinking, How will people look at me? Will I look silly? Uh, what will happen because this silly woman with the big glasses and the red hair she is improvising and she's doing awful things, uh-huh. she will make fun of me. Um, oh, uh, I have to be original. I have to, if I do something. So, so what I'm hearing is a lot of critic, actually, this kind of demanding demands, critic, right? High demands all, all, the, all over the place. And that's the reason people feel hesitation to play because their own high demands are blocking them. And actually you can use that quite well because everybody can play. We have all been children. We have all had toys. We have all had cars and Barbies and everything. And we all played. We didn't feel bad about it then. So why should we now? Because we're grown-ups and we have responsibilities. And if you start uh, with a group that has the extroverted and the introverted, you always start with the the games or the exercises that are very easy and get a lot of success. Mm. So it's the basic emotions. I always start with also with clients, a bench in the park, somebody is there. And you just have to wonder, am I coming in happy, sad, angry, or, um, oh, my God. Maybe fearful, maybe scared, fearful. Fearful, yeah. yeah. And then all the other one has to do is sit, eat his uh, sandwiches, and look at me, and just interact. That always works. Everybody can do that. We do it all the time. And then you say, okay, now you come in, and you choose one of the four. And they always choose the easiest one, happy. So this... This is something that you have to seduce people to play. And if they feel, oh, this is not so hard and uh, it's quite fun, actually. And, uh, oh, mm. it's starting to look like real life. Mm. And clients feel motivated. But if you talk about therapists that are uncomfortable, well, yeah, they are often in training. So they have to succeed mm. and it has to be good. But I, if I train uh, therapists as well. And I ask them, please don't do it too well because I won't have any job. So please <laughs> make mistakes. Mm. And, um, and I'm, I make mistakes a lot myself, even in class. And even, and I try to uh, laugh about it and and until I'm embarrassed. So, yeah, I don't. So know you're working with um, unrelenting standards, you know. Yeah. Demanding critic, trying to loosen, like get people just just playing around a bit more. Yeah, yeah. But also, what you said also is really cool. Um, you're talking about. It sounds like your idea of this role playing is through happy child, like fun and play, yeah, and spontaneity. That's, that's, that's how you go in. That's this is how, how you go in. 
Yeah, always. Yeah, you have to go in through that side because you have to make make it a safe space. If the yeah. play space is a safe space, then then it's okay. Then anything can happen afterwards. Well, so everything. Being, if it's a, through play, it's safe, right? If if it's just playing around, then it's by definition safe. But then, yeah, you can process things that are actually quite serious as yeah. well. Because if I have a client and he's a stalker. And he has only recently uh, told the world that he indeed stalked his wife and the family and everything. And um, he's ashamed of that because he hid a secret for more than 10 years and he's afraid to show himself. So we, we did this improvising game and you see that all he does is look at me. And and uh, the, the, he's only uh, trying to think, what does she want to see? Uh, how does she want me to act? And um, if you notice that, then you say, okay, let's switch roles. Now you are the therapist and I will be the client. And I exaggerate that. I make Exa- it a... So exaggerate his 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 work? Because I'm just yeah. interested. For me, I'm I'm the, the practical guy. I want to know how you do it. <laughs> like you get a, a picture in my mind. So with, yeah. this, with this particular I, I also says you're going to have to bring me to Australia for the workshop. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so are you, is that what you're saying? You're sort of like this player role, this play out, a... You tell me. Like, yeah. 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 It's it's the like if, if you are the, the compliance surrender mode, actually, that was what the client was in. Sure. And uh if I can exaggerate it, because play is exaggeration, it's making it bigger because it makes it it's a mirror. And uh I exaggerated it when we swapped roles, and um it was also on the bench. He wasn't the therapist, we were just strangers on the bench, and I said Oh, I'm sorry. I'm here. I'm sorry that I want to sit on this bench, but I need some room. I have pain in my back. I'm sorry. Are you are you okay with that? And, and he looked at me and he said, "You silly woman, what are you doing?" <laughs> and uh, and after the play, we could reflect on it. And he said, "Wow, well, that role that you played that never happens in the real life." But I felt really bad for you. And uh, why do you, why do are you so ashamed of yourself? And then I was quiet, of course, and I said, well, ask yourself the question. And I said, yeah, that's actually what I'm doing. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, not as big as you do it, but yeah, it's right. It's right. I do this all the time. I'm like a doormat to other people. Yeah. And this is 15 minutes in the session. I'm really happy because I have something that I can work with already. Mm. And that that has a it has a role in this whole stalking process, being being so um powerless yeah being looking for all this um acknowledgement by others and this um this is that's interesting i know this is a bit of a segue but um but here i go segue uh you know so what you're saying in in cases of stalking it can be wrapped up in like a mode to do with compliance surrender so on the one hand the normal functioning can be compliance surrenderer which obviously is not stalking, but then no. uh, another way to compensate for that is yeah. some some other mode, which is stalking. Yeah, it's over. Stalking is is a predator mode, and uh, the, it's an overcompensation of um, a lack of self esteem or a lack of yeah. a lack of self actually emptiness. It's yeah. often people who are very empty inside that that want um, they want to be seen and they don't know how they can be seen in a normal way so they they, they make sure that i have a have some i can't yeah so i'm going head. to be seen even if it freaks you out you're going to see me yeah 
if I'm an arsonist, I will be seen because the fire will be seen. Ah. Uh, if I stalk and I send awful letters with awful images, it will be seen and people will be shocked. And yeah. this, and they don't know it's me, but I, it was me. And I'm powerful. Yeah. And look what I caused in the world. Yeah. I, I did something. So that's interesting that that sort of behavior can go along with something like surrendering. So so you're saying in the everyday life, maybe with the, the family and these kind of things, it can be very surrendering, but then, hey, I'm going to go out and do this other thing. It's oftentimes when people commit crimes that they, that they look really socially appropriate. And then uh, on the other side, there's complete lash out of overcompensating modes. So how would you yeah. work with that client? Say, for example, the client, the, the arsonist client, and you were, you were trying to maybe do some something, you know, dramatic um, in terms of that <laughs> mind. Like, it's exaggerate, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 if it, if the problem is not being seen or emotional uh, deprivation or neglect, then of course uh, it is very um, it's very important that they feel seen. But they have to to get used to um, other ways that are successful at being seen. So, for instance, these can be simple things. Um, we are colleagues at the workplace with, with this arsonist uh, um, thing in my head. We are colleagues and I'm a very extroverted colleague and he's a very introverted one. So if we have uh, our lunch break, I talk and talk and blah, 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 blah. And this client always tells me how he how it, this is so annoying for him. Mm-hmm. That this other colleague always blah, 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 blah. And then he... he um, confessed to me that he sometimes dreams of lighting the house of this uh, call of this colleague because he wants to um do do something about it or or <laughs> overcompensate basically yeah. yeah yeah but he doesn't and he really has has a hard time not to do it so i said well this is a good example uh, what does this colleague do uh, that annoys you let's let's just um see what this is and then uh, can you play the colleague oh yeah yeah okay so he played a very dominant uh commanding uh colleague and for me it was very clear since i know his case conceptualization that this is the repetition of what happened to the colleague and his parents Mm -hmm. because they always dominated him and it was a repressive and he wasn't allowed to say anything it was very religious as well Mm -hmm. and this had similarities but I, I decided not to talk about that yet. And I said, okay, yeah, that sounds annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, how do you deal with annoying people? Because do you want to change the other one? No, I didn't want to change him. Do you want to um, feel different about the colleague? Yeah, he wanted to feel different. Okay. So I, I taught him, if the colleague is annoying, try to think of uh, other things. Like, I'm glad I'm not him. Or uh, I'm, I'm a different person. Uh, or, or simple skills like, uh, could you talk a little because it's hard to concentrate if you talk all the time? Or more socially accepted ways to stop the, the, the influence of this colleague coming in. And then he tried so at, at his workplace. And the colleague said, yeah, sure. I don't want to. Yeah, it's no problem at all. Yeah, I talk too much. I know. But I know I want to... Uh, I want to uh, prove myself. So that's why I talk so much. And then he said, well, I have the same thing, but uh, yeah, the talking with me is no, uh, it's not so good. So these th- 
things, yeah, it's chaos how I tell it maybe, but these things are small, <laughs> but they all they have to do with the schemes that are underneath because it's an everyday thing. And there's risk because he really thinks I might light the house. And then we notice it went down. He tells us, we never know, but he tells us he doesn't really think in these revengeful thoughts anymore about this guy. So um, sometimes it's really easy to just zoom out a bit with the patient and say, okay, what's happening here? How that's can what we I, change? That's what I'm picking up when, when you're talking about this. It's not just, okay, let's, let's just think about what's happening. It's it's let's play it out. Okay, I'll be him or you be you be here yeah. and, and let's try it. Let's role play mm. a situation. Yeah. Or, is it just this about one, role playing situations or do you, I mean, just at how you, you know, other, other sort of, um, you know, also I have this fantasy that you have um, several, but the one that I have about, <laughs> about now the one that I have about you and drama therapy is, yeah. is that drama therapy is, you know, I love all the experiential techniques in schema. Yeah. But to me, what my impression, and I hope you don't break break this fantasy, is that drama therapy is like on steroids, you know. So it's those experiential kind of things, but but more creative, but more um, more. Do, do you know what I'm getting at? Like, so, that's, so the, that's the that's the the fantasy. Come on, yeah, yeah. So 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 to me, the fantasy. I was waiting for the real stuff to come. No, 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 that's it. That's it. It's like it's like uh, there's all these other techniques that. I don't know, and which yeah. I, I want to learn, and I want to be able to do maybe more in my experiential work. Where yeah. in my normal approach, probably it's I, I, I'm sure it's fine, but also it's a little bit uh, formulaic. But then when I when I see some of the things you've been doing, and I hear about drama therapy and the way it's used in schema, uh, now it seems like there's something more to it. There's something else to learn. There's some more creativity, more so. It, that's that's all of the fantasy is, by the way. Well, my um, brain my brain froze when you saw when you said on steroids. It means like it's a high energy. Uh, mm, maybe sure it's the wrong I, metaphor. Maybe it's the wrong metaphor. Uh, I'm Dutch. Ed. I think what am I going sp- for, Chris? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Chris? yeah, sort of experiential, but a much more powerful, a much yeah, more yeah. pervasive. You know, oh, sort of okay, yeah, yeah. I don't mean like illegal and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, we have no problem with that over here, you know. But um, I think uh, a lot of my patients, the forensic patients, they are quite, um, their IQ is not so high. And the, the way they take in information is not through words because they got stuck somewhere in their development really early. And the way to reach them is not through words. It's through play because that's where they got stuck somewhere at 10 years, 12 years. And they are a 30-year-old arsonist, but that's where they were stuck in their development. So if you know that, then you know that you shouldn't sit down and just talk with them. For me, this is very logical. I should go where they are. Where is their responsivity? Where can they really learn? Where can they pick it up? And with a child that is 10, 12 years old, you don't go sit, talk for an hour. You just say, okay, let's do it. Let's uh, show me. And also, there is a difference. It, it doesn't all, only have to do with IQ. There's also a difference in what I can talk about and what I can do. Because what I have in my mind, the image of myself in my mind, is different than if I have to do it. Because there's always interaction. 
And this is the extra that drama brings. It's always interactive. So I can think, oh, I'm playing a role play with Rob and he will probably say this. And I, I can think ahead. But the nice thing in improvising is you cannot think ahead. And that's really cool because then you do really authentic things. If you cannot think ahead, the real thing comes up and the schema and the, the modes that are, they come up and they switch like in real life. And, and this is the powerful thing of um, playing. You can't think it out. You, you can't protocol play. Mm. You, you, mm. Um, so, and just to clarify, when you say play, I mean, in my yeah. mind, it's like happy child playing, but it's more role playing. Is that what you, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's role it's playing, but role also playing. it can be it can it also be, be theater games yeah. like yeah. Um, um, uh, like a king and uh, and and um, servant, or uh, you can fictional play and realistic play, of yeah. course. Yeah. And if you um, well, sometimes you you do other. I do board games as well, because they. I have a lot of uh, gambling uh, uh, and addiction clients, and they can't stop. So I have a game that's called Can't Stop, and we just if if they feel really hesitation to to go into a role play, I say, Oh no, we don't have to go. Let's do this. Do you know this game? No, teach me. And then we play, and they and they say, ah, now I lost again because I couldn't stop. And I say, oh, yeah, well, that's the problem, you know. So there's, I have this as well. Yeah, it might look charitable, but I have a lot of, you have that, you had this to Playmobil yeah. in your youth. I do a lot of constellations as well on the table. If people are hesitant to go into the play with me, I just say, okay, imagine which one is you and which one are the parents and uh how were you? How was your family? And oh wow, that's we cool. Play, we play like this. You that's say, cool. oh, um, "What are you saying to your father?" Well, your so father, someone that doesn't want to do imagery, you say, "What well, do imagery? Keep your eyes open. Let's just let's just play with this Lego." You know. Yeah, and the thing is, if I talk to you, if this one is talking to you, it's different. That looks like you, Rob. That that Playmobil figurine. Yeah, I, I, Rob one. Yeah. He's even got a white shirt. Exactly, <laughs> image. Yeah, he needs, <laughs> he needs a beer. He needs a beer. <laughs> a beer well i don't have a beard i only have this then i get something like this you don't want that I yeah guess. that's on me <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's um the, the there's a um, technique in drama therapy that's called distancing because if you play a role you are not completely yourself of course you get the role from inside of you or the information but sometimes i use props to distance mm. from the real life this helps this little Playmobil thing, this little Rob, if I say, uh, well, if I go out and I say, Rob, please tell me what your show is ashamed of, then you don't you don't yeah. see me. The, the Playmobil puppets are going to talk to each other. Yeah. This looks really silly from the outside and my forensic patient thinks. It's like those ventri ventriloquist thing where eventually you start to, 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 you know, you start to think you're talking to the puppet. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the distancing because the puppet says so, and I'm not responsible for what the puppet says. Yeah. Uh -huh. So this is extra play space mm -hmm. because it's not really real. Mm. And but it's, it's also not, mode dialogues, right? It's role-playing yeah. dialogues with sides. Dialogues with different sides, yeah. The like Playmobile man wants to set fire to the house. It's not me that kind of... <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, or uh, also if uh, I work with psych psychodrama techniques as well, if you go more into where the, the, the pain from the past really is, I, I always ask them to, um, well, let's do a family table. How was it at your home when you were little? Were you at the table at, at dinner? Tell me, where were you sitting? Let's create it with props, with a... And and I make it in my in the in the theater room. Oh, where do you, do you literally have a theater room? Do you like literally have a theater? Okay, wow. With lights and, and curtains. Yeah, it has to really? be this uh, magic thing wow. because it's wow. Big. That's that is that is chair work on steroids. That's it's next big. level. That's having. Yeah. You know how we say, do you need a chair to do it? And yeah, there's something about the chair. You're like, I need yeah. a theater. We gotta. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, uh, you need, of course, you can work in a non-theater room as a drama therapist as well. But it helps to have the theater and some light and some. It helps, and I have blocks, and then I say, okay, let's put the critical parent on that block, and let's put you there, and let's put or the family, and then when they go into this play, uh, if you're in a group, other people in the group they play the family members, yeah. and. Um, they, you work with doubles, so people that, that are behind them and are saying what is going on in their mind or how they feel. Yeah. And this is really powerful. And it's, it's, it's um, oftentimes very emotional for patients because they say, I don't know how you did it, but it's really what happened. And I feel so bad about it. And that's this is also where the rescripting starts because if you're there, you only have to touch. Sometimes when they put up the table and they set the, the players there, they're already almost in the trauma moment. And I say, okay, let's hold it there. We don't have to play it all over again. It has been sad for you. What would you have needed? Little little Rob, what would he have needed then? Yeah, somebody to come in and stop my father from yelling at me. Okay, who could do that? Oh, the neighbor. Well, we, somebody out of the group is the neighbor and comes in and said, you stop yelling at your child. Look so this is a really story. like historical role play, but but again like boosted, you know, with yeah. with other characters, other you know people in the group, etc. Yeah, and the people in the group experience the the emotions uh, uh, intensely as well, and you do a sharing round in the afterwards because mm. they uh, have links with the story as well. Mm. They say, "Well, I had to be the bad guy, but." Actually, I was playing my own father, and my father was like that as well. And so it's processing on different levels. Yeah, it's funny the way people say those things in everyday life too. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm always the bad guy, and so they so they're in these roles anyway, right? They're stuck. Yeah. They're stuck in the roles, and also stuck in the roles that people put on them. Yeah. Oh, the the role yeah. people put on me. Oh, she's fun. She's always nice to be with. <laughs> I'm not always nice to be with. Of course not. And my breath smells in the morning. I have a, yeah. I'm, I'm, of course, but if people stick it on you, it's hard to get rid of it. And this is with negative things as well. So if you had, if you had like a day to spend with a bunch of schema therapists who yeah. wanted to go more into drama therapy in their schema practice, what kind of things would you teach them? What techniques, for example, would you focus on? Well, I would I would teach them basic improvisation techniques. And basic improvisation techniques are all about every scene has to be about who, what, and where. 
And uh, also in improvisation, you accept anything. So there's no blocks. And this sounds really easy because if I say, Chris, look, here you have a cup of coffee. What do you do? Oh, thank you. That's really yeah. lovely. Mm, it smells well, lovely. He's accepting it. But you could got... say, you have nothing in your hands. Right. You ah. can't even have a cup. And this is a block. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, therapists, and especially very cognitive therapists or introverted mm -hmm. therapists, they're, they're bound to, to block. And you have to de-block these people. So you have to uh, teach them, accept anything that occurs, even mm -hmm. if it's uncomfortable, then mm -hmm. play with it play with the uncomfortable i think this would be very basic techniques and after that i would of course go into uh playing out the different modes so i, I work with these bernstein cards you know them i think mm, yeah yeah i know i work with them a lot and i don't explain anything and say just pick a card if i'm even in a group let's pray play a reunion we're all high school reunion and you're this is your role here you go and there you go and you sit down This is always awful. These are never nice reunions because if you have a lot of overcompensatory modes, it's not going to be an, a nice reunion. And if you have a lot of children that hide in the back, it's not going to be fun either. So this, just play with it. That would be the start. And then you would go deeper in how to therapeutically pay, play with these things. Yeah. Hey, we were talking about offline um, some techniques and you mentioned something, a magic shop. Yeah. Uh, this might cool. be, uh, we, I'm always thinking during the podcast, what should we call the podcast episode? Uh, we have to include the words magic shop in there. The magic shop, yeah. <laughs> Elsa's magic shop. Oh, my God. That would set this. Oh, my God. Get, look, Lucy haunted me for years, but this will haunt me for years. Little well. Lucy. You know, we weren't going to mention Little Lucy. Okay, oh, so weren't. I'll give Sorry. you some context. Anyone wants to know about Little Lucy? Can I tell Lucy? Some of you may have been to a, a training uh, where there is a particular character called Lucy, and Lucy is sort of more of quite an angry, but also not always angry in the in the videos. But uh, you may have seen her, and the actress that played this particular um, character is Elsa. There you go. It's me. Yeah. It. Yeah. So you may rem remind been... yourself of the voice. The voice might sound familiar. Yeah. And it has been stuck, with, but I'm I'm okay with that. If the magic shop sticks with me, I don't care because it's a nice, it's a nice. It's not a bad thing. It? We can sure. do it. So yeah. what's the, tell us? Yeah. So what can yeah, say? It's something shop? you 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 can do it with uh, one client or with a group. Okay. Um, and um, I just, the only thing, I, oh, you're the group. Okay. The group. I said, well, guys, we're going to do the magic shop and yep. I will be the, the woman working in the shop. I have a shop and it's a magic shop. So if you come in through the door, you know that you can, it's a trade shop. You can uh, trade anything you want here. And this particular shop, you can trade some modes or characteristics that you have that you think, I have a little too much of that. I want to get rid of that. Then you bring it to my shop. I'm happy with anything. And I will give you something in return. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, you can come back. So this is all. You don't buy a bread. You just you just come and trade some, uh, some things. So mm -hmm. the way we can do this online is you put out your screen and I will be the only one there. And then the first one that comes through the door puts the camera on and I and then the the scene starts 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you, so for now, you want me to turn my camera off, but we the rules is uh, whoever comes first, they have to bring something that they want to get rid of. Yeah. And okay. uh, preferably, if because we're working schema therapeutic, something to do with modes, a mode that you... Uh, yeah, that 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 is too, um, yeah, okay. too intense. So, how deep do you want to go with this? Very deep. <laughs> no, okay. I, All right. All you, right. So this I'm is off. a good question. This is a good question because this is what people ask me, and I say, you decide how deep you go. You have to decide how where you're comfortable with. So, don't tell me the stuff that will make you cry, but tell me the stuff that you well, it might haunt you a bit. Tell me just what you're comfortable with, and uh, we'll we'll see it from there. It's All right, I, I'm going to walk into the shop, and I'm going to bring something. Okay. I'm going to bring something. So, Chris, on. you've got to. I can come back in. Oh, okay. You, it says the host has stopped it. Can you put it back on, um, Chris? Let me see. Chris, uh, you've stopped my. You've you, you've stopped uh, stopped my video. I can start my own video again. Yeah, Chris. Else. You there, Chris? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, Mr. Walker. Okay, I had a. Do it. I won't take it personal. Why can't I switch on your camera? Oh, we might need just to keep going. It's it's weird. It's um oh just keep talking while I work it out. Um yeah. Um, um all right, so, so here I am. Uh, right. Um I'll come into the shop. And the thing, the thing that I this is always the thing I I, I want to work on, Elsa. Um but wait, thought, wait, wait, that's a very hmm. important thing. I I would want to be able to see you. So oh, okay. Is... So we've got a we've got a good. Okay. So I'm there, and uh, if you go out of the video like this, okay, and you come in as if you enter the room. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to really do this, right? So um, okay, I'm out. I'm not in the shop, and then here I am. Hey, Hello. good day, sir. Hi. How can I help Hi. you? Well, I have this. I have this side of me that, um, or is always wanting to. To probably to work and oh. to say to say yes to things that are to do with work and oh, yeah. i kind of like it but but also it uh i don't as well like it sometimes oh. it's a bit out of control so and what do, what do you like mm. about it um i like Sounds i like really terrific actually a side that always wants to work yeah i i guess i feel uh accomplished like i've accomplished something if i work or i produce something or um if someone asks me to do something to do with work uh to be involved in something then that 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 feels good you know it's it feels like an honor it feels like uh somebody is valuing your time um those kind yeah, of things um it pays the bills as well that's always good yeah. so yeah uh, these are the things that i think are are good about it yeah yeah, and why are you bringing it to my shop? Because yeah, I, it sounds like a, a, com a completely wonderful thing to have. But why are you bring it to my shop? Uh, because I think I get very tired um, a lot of the time because I probably do a little bit too much, and so probably just the overall tiredness, looking after myself, like having more time for myself to look after other things, you know, for health, free et time, free time, health. And probably more family time, you know, hanging out with the family, uh, being un 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 uninterrupted in the family. Yeah, sphere. okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. And I am very glad that you're here today because I love people bringing this particular specific article to the shop because I have a lack of that here. There's a lot of people who need this really badly. 
people that are lazy or people that don't get to work or they have lack of ambition, they would really, really be glad to have it. So um, where in your body is it? Where is it? Where do you have it? Is it in your head? Is it in your heart? Uh, um, where is it? Show me. I think it's in my chest. It feels in like I carry, carry it in my chest. It may be on my back a little bit, yeah. Like yeah. on, on the shoulder, like something that... Yeah, 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 in the chest and shoulders, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you take it out and put it on the table here in front of us? Okay, okay. So I'm going to... Yeah, oh, it's big. It's quite big. I see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm going to pass it. I'm going to pass it over to you now. Okay. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Gee, it's a very big portion you gave me. <laughs> well, yeah. actually, it's funny as you say that. I, it's scary to give such a big portion. Like it almost feels like I want to check with you. Is that too yeah. much? Or is it, isn't uh, it too big? Isn't it? Do you still have anything left now? Well, I don't want to lose too much of it. You know. Okay. That's yeah. Well, do you decide how big the portion has to be? Because we this shop works like this. Uh, it would work really successfully if you would give me the portion that you want to get rid of that is too much, and you just keep the portion that is uh, beneficially for you. Okay, so, so in that case, can I just have a little bit back? Yeah. I, I feel like I clicked the whole thing off for a second there. So yeah, click it. So let's, back. I'm just going to take. Yeah. I'm just going to sort of take this yeah. little piece that I I kind of need. No but. worries. This happens all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, and, um, what do I get the, now? Like, what do I get for this? Like, ah, you are still working really hard. Well, ah. This is. A, this is a relaxed shop, eh? I'm very glad with what you gave me, and I will just first put it in the cupboard now. Yes, is this uh -huh. the portion? That this is, that's this is exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll put it in my uh, in my storage room here. Uh -huh. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, you said you wanted more time for yourself and for your health and family time. Yeah. And you say, well, the, if I work so hard and I, I sometimes forget and, and I get stuck in the middle, maybe I get a little less healthy. Mm. So I'm going to give you this. This is, uh, you can put it on your, uh, this is a watch. Oh. It's, it fits, oh, it, you, do you have a watch already? Can you not, not, not at the moment, but I do now. Okay, but could you put it on, please, uh, the watch? Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. a watch like this. Okay. Okay. And this is a watch. And every time you look at it and, and you think, ah, I have to do this or I have to do that, this watch is going to smile at you. It's your own picture in the watch smiling at you. And it's a picture of you and your family. And they're all smiling at you. And they're also saying, come home, daddy, come home. And then you think, ah, that's what I want. That's what I want. Hmm. And um, also this watch will show you uh, if your heart rate is too high, that you have to uh, relax a little. So you you can do a lot less in the same time and it will be perfect as well. So this is a, a, mm -hmm. a soothing watch actually. Mm -hmm. And it will vibrate if you work too hard. Mm -hmm. And it'll say, come home daddy, or let's have a good time. It's weekend now, let's go out. So you can try it out if it works for you. And if it doesn't, yeah, just come back. Okay, okay, yeah. I think that's a deal. That's a deal, we can try that out. Okay. Yeah, well, maybe I'll see you another time. Thank you. Okay, I'm sure you will. Bye-bye. Thank you, magic shop lady. Yeah. That okay. Was, that was great. <laughs> that was so good. What happened, Rob? What happened? Uh, um, there's a little part 
when you said, look at your watch and then you, you see your family smiling back at you, there's a little bit of sadness popped up. That was I like, saw, yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah. Mm. Which yeah, is the reason, the- right? So this is actually something I've been working on for ages, um, you know, but, but um, yeah, that's, that's real. Yeah, and this is what happens a lot because you, you we we all think, oh, this is a fun job. Let's play, let's play <laughs> shopping. And then you tell me some real things, and and I listen to your story, and then I try to feel where your uh, emotion is, and I try to, once you are trading it in, I'm thinking, what can I offer him? Do I offer him a code? Do I offer him? And I think about something that gives you what you need. So it's a need-based play, mm. actually. And the need is mm. to feel good to go home and not to feel sad about not being at home. So it's it's very logical. Yeah, so it's sad. so interesting. So there's that. And the other thing, I think I mentioned it, when you got me to give it up, I did feel anxious. Uh, I sort yeah. of felt that initially like, oh, this feels like too much. This is like giving away I'm taking too much. away my drive my everything that's not good yeah. if you give away everything but this yeah. is good that people notice it that's why i ask where is it in your body and sometimes people cannot get it out so i have to operate them in the shop and i say oh i think mm. it's here let's get it out oh it's stuck it's sticky it's stuck i play with that and then some people say oh get rid of it i don't want to see it anymore this tells me a lot about the the thing that they're, they're trading. And so do you also, get like clients that, you know, you can imagine on Zoom and you see the client the next week and they'll be like, yeah, I'm back again. Yeah. Well, I'm back I, again uh, to the, the shop. Yeah, the, the shop <laughs> is something that uh, if I do it with a client and I say, if you want to do it again, you just tell me. We can do it, do it anytime. And there is clients that say, well, we did this shop thing four weeks ago. Might be good to do it another another time. I'm not sure what your plan for the mm. session was, but yeah, it comes. Is back. there a lot yeah. of this kind of stuff, Elsa? Like, like, like doing the process and then doing a lot of reflections about, hey, what was that like? What's showing up? Like that kind yeah. of stuff. We would ordinarily so. do in schema. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, I try to uh, do the interventions while playing. I try not to play and stop and talk about it. I try mm. to play as long as I can and mm. intervene in the play. So if I am the shop lady. I try to make you feel um, at ease and I try to do all the things that we could talk about, but I try to do them. Mm-hmm. And um, this is this is also for the flow. It's better for the flow because if you yeah. play, you stop and you talk, there's no flow. I think that's a really cool um, exercise. Oh, it's fantastic. That's and, really and cool. I was just interested as well for like, thanks Rob for doing that. That's good, obviously. Yeah, thank you. Revealing yourself yeah. to, the, to the audience. Um, but it was also just for you, your guiding principle was the what's the underlying need? Because yeah, I was just interested, you're talking about being impromptu and, and using yeah. improvisation. Yeah. So obviously, there's not a, think, a set sequence, but your kind of, your, your guiding principle is, 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 needs. is what? It's always it? needs. Mm. And there's always, uh, in uh, people in drama, there's always a need to be seen, to be heard. There's always a need to be validated. There's always a need that emotion should be uh, validated. And this shop has it has everything in it because in what people tell you about what they want to get rid of, you hear what needs haven't been met. Yeah. And you hear... Mm. what what wasn't there what should be there or uh, and i try to do this at a in a light smiley funny way mm. but it touches people really deeply i have people leaving the shop crying 
mm. also online and they said i'm i don't know how you do it but this is uh, this is really real but it's it's like an actor you look at the other person you micro track everything in the face the mimic in the body you hear the tone of the voice and then you just um yeah you respond to that that i think this is what we teach our drama therapy students this is the actor extra that uh, other therapy um, forms might not have because we are also actors and actors do this all the time if i mm. on the on the stage with you i have to be in total on total touch with you i have to feel you hear you uh, and so i have to be really open to to the other one do you find that with with therapists trying to learn some of these techniques who are, who are basically shy okay yeah do you get them there like is is do you find that they can change that you can get past these blocks that they can develop that yeah awareness? yeah everybody can everybody can i mean if the if the hardest protected forensic patients can then people that want to be therapists uh, and they are just shy well that's easy because shy, they don't always want to be shy. They, 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 they all people would like to express themselves. It's a basic need mm. to to explore, to be free, to to. So yeah, yeah, it's not easy. It's not uh, it's not difficult. Sorry, it's not difficult. What What's the hardest block you've kind of that you've come across where someone's looked in and gone this this role playing? I don't know about this, and they've just hit you with this massive block. Like, what's the worst kind of block? Well, I think it's the bully and attack block, the one where uh, people start to get personal at me. Um, uh, I had this in forensic, I had a very narcissistic patient. And um, every time I got closer and um, I, uh, I, there was almost a vulnerable child, he started really bullying me. Oh, you have grown bigger and you're fat and uh, oh, really? all these things in the play, yeah? Oh, so in the, oh wow, making it about the role he, play. He oh. knew he couldn't he couldn't say it to me in real. Mm. So it's folks that it will bring play. that stuff into the role-playing space. They all do. Mm. They try to I have been killed, I have been murdered, I have been this can happen in the play. Mm-hmm. And uh, if um, I, I forgot what you quite, what is the hardest block? Well, the block is if somebody is so stuck in the same pattern in a role oh. play. Once one uh, once you are playing and they get stuck in a certain role, they, this can be really hard. But maybe your question was, what is the hardest block to get somebody to play? To try to, to... Yeah, I've never gotten anybody not to play. There's nobody in in mm. my past that I haven't hasn't played. So you've you've always been able to overcome this, yeah. Yeah. What about the? the, I know I'm I'm segueing again. I can't help myself. Um, The conning, the con man, like the conning manipulator type of uh, mode. How does that sort of play out in a with this role playing type stuff? Yeah, I try to make it a talent at first because it's very uh, to be cunning and manipulative. You have to be in. You have to have these actor skills. Actually, you have to look at the other people, person, see what their uh, vulnerabilities are, get use of them. You you have to uh, have it to another face. It's it's an acting skill, and I first say, well, show me your skill. How good is that? Uh, or we look at the paper and, and we say, oh, it's our prime minister. What do you think of him? 
And let's bring him into the play. If he were here, what would you say? And while the person is playing, I can see the cunning and manipulativeness going on. And, I, and then afterwards I say, wow, this is impressive how in a few minutes you can just, uh, you can really uh, hurt somebody or, or, or make somebody feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I say, wow, teach me this. And they, then they start to get paranoid. I say, teach you this. <laughs> I am here to get to get lost, to, to lose this. Why do I? So, well, it's a skill. No, it's not a skill. And then we get a discussion. I say, well, it's a skill if you use it in the right way, if you don't cross any boundaries. But the, the thing is, your boundaries are really poor. You haven't had any boundaries yourself. So you easily cross yourself, your own, but also others. So I can teach you boundaries, but you teach me this uh, this acting. Shall we do this? <laughs> and it's just, um, it's a tri- also, it's negotia- negotiable. Yeah. yeah. So Elsa, we, we need to finish up soon. Um, yeah. And I was thinking, we, I mean, this has been fantastic. We could easily go for another hour. I don't know about you, Rob, but it's fascinating. No, easy, yeah. And I think we might we might be, you know, asking you to come back and having some more yes. discussions about this. But, I was, you know, what, what do you think the take-home messages or are there any particular ideas that you would want to sort of punch across the line to the average schema therapist that isn't a drama a drama therapist, yeah. a drama schema therapist? What, yeah, well, well, I think these are might be a bit cliche the take-home messages always are but Mm. um i would uh, invite a schema therapist to always be surprised because if you can look at something through the eyes of a child that is surprised and sees it for the first time Mm. you it will get it will get you a different angle on behavior and what a lot of therapists do, they say, oh, I know this. This is a detached mm. protector. I know this. This is, oh, mm. and then I, mm. but I try to uh, take a schema mode holiday sometimes. Just don't do this stuff. Yeah. Just look yeah. at it as a surprise. And also don't talk too much. Just do things because doing things mm. with, with somebody, being active together, if you use chairs or any other uh, techniques, It'll bring something mm-hmm. else to to the session because mm-hmm. you're you're getting in a flow with somebody, and this person will remember this more than the words you spoke or the words he or she spoke. Because my clients often tell me if they go they end therapy, they say, "Well, what was what was a deciding moment?" And they say, "Yeah, the one that that one time you 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 played my mother." And you were yelling at me and oh, I thought I hated you in that moment, but mm. it was really strong. So they, they never uh, remember the talks. They always remember the, the scenes. Mm-hmm. So it gives me the hint that maybe these ex- experience that we give them, that is uh, very uh, worthwhile. So give mm-hmm. your clients a lot of experience with you. Yeah. Do things. Yep. Be surprised always. Elsa, uh, it's been lovely to see you again, um, yeah. as it always is. And thanks for sharing your, as you said, 25, 30 years of experience with these things. It's amazing uh, to be able to draw on that. So thanks thanks for sharing all of that um, with us. Yeah, and, pleasure. Um, I'm sure we'll be seeing you around. I hope so too, yeah. I hope to see you soon. Okay, okay. that's enough from us. Thanks, Elsa. Okay. Thanks, Elsa. Thanks, Elsa. Thanks, Elsa.